0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Explain Like I'm Five, the podcast where we take the questions you always wanted to ask and talk about them in a way that's easy to understand. We are your hosts, I'm Tim. And I'm Kevin. So Kevin, today we're talking about a popular drink, maybe for five-year-olds, but for adults and all ages alike, uh, and that is Coca-Cola. So let's start with this question. Why
1: is it called Coca-Cola? Oh, that's a great question. So it's called Coca-Cola because it all started from its original ingredients. We call it Coca-Cola because of the coca leaf and also the cola fruits. Cola, in this case, spelled K-O-L-A. And both these ingredients were used to add flavor. So it was Frank Robinson, who was the original bookkeeper of the company, who suggested the name Coca-Cola with two Cs because he thought using the letter C twice would look better than if they had used a K for the cola word. He then wrote down the name to use as a logo as well so that name and logo is now the very famous cursive coca-cola we all know now
0: so when you say coca leaves are they the ones found in south america
1: that's right and before you ask the next question yes coca leaves are known worldwide for their associated psychoactive alkaloid cocaine so The recipe for Coca-Cola was altered after a short while, after the whole cocaine coca leaf reportedly causes, you know, cases of hallucinations. And coca has not been used in the formula since 1903. Ah,
0: very interesting to know that that had uh, those origins. Now, how about the cola fruits then? What are they?
1: Oh, so yes, the cola nut is the fruit of the cola tree that are native to the tropical rainforests of Africa. Hmm. And this fruit of this tree is the part that actually contains caffeine in Coca-Cola and many other beverages, since it's used as basically a flavoring agent in these drinks.
0: So you mentioned Frank Robinson, who was the bookkeeper, but who was the inventor of Coca-Cola?
1: Ah, So the inventor was actually a Confederate colonel named John Pemberton. And it's a pretty fascinating story. He was wounded all the way back in the uh, American Civil War and actually addicted to morphine. But he also had a medical degree. So what he was trying to do was he was trying to find a substitute for this morphine to basically solve his own very personal issues. I see. Now, he, he, had, a, he had a drug store in Columbus, Georgia called Eagle Drug and Chemical House. And in 1885, he registered what was then called pemberton's french wine coca nerve tonic (laughs) and well the first sales were at uh jacob's pharmacy in atlanta georgia in 1886 where it initially sold for five cents a glass and that's basically the origin of selling coca-cola
0: it sounds like it was much more a medical uh and medicinal drink at the time not really a fizzy drink
1: good point it was actually marketed as coca-cola the temperance drink, which actually appealed to many people as the temperance movement enjoyed wide support during this time.
0: Uh, Temperance in this case was trying not to drink alcohol.
1: That's right. So the fizzy drink part came in because all these drugstore soda fountains were very popular in the US during, during the time. There was a belief that carbonated water was good for the health. So what they did was they combined the two and Pemberton's new drink was remarketed and sold as an over-the-counter drink or patent medicine. You know, he claimed it was a cure for a wide range of diseases, including the original morphine addiction, but also things like indigestion, nerve disorders, headaches, and even impotence.
0: Now, Coke is known not just for its secret formula, uh, but also for its advertising. How did that come about? Did Pemberton just have
1: a knack for marketing? Oh, no, no, that wasn't uh, Pemberton. What happened was a few years after he invented it, Pemberton sold Coca-Cola's recipe and ownership rights to a businessman uh, called Asa Griggs Candler. And it was this Candler fellow whose marketing tactics eventually made Coca-Cola into the dominant soft drinks company we know about today. And so the formula and brand, right, they were sold, can you believe it, for the grand sum of $2,300. And that's when Asa Griggs Candler incorporated the Coca-Cola company in Atlanta, Georgia in 1892. I mean, even in today's dollars, that's roughly about $71,000.
0: Wow, I guess he spent more on the marketing and the advertising than on the
1: formula itself. Oh, yes, yes, he did. You know, Coca-Cola's advertising is just pervasive. In fact, one of the early stated goals was to ensure that everyone on Earth can drink Coca-Cola as their preferred beverage. So there are lots of examples where Coca-Cola's advertising has significantly affected American culture, even in, you know in the past century. For example, it is actually frequently credited with inventing the modern image of Santa Claus as this old man in a red and white suit. Although there's a little bit more to that story, and I mean. Coca-Cola, they've even sponsored like, you know, many Olympic games and FIFA World Cups. And it's just been a big part of sports worldwide around the globe.
0: That's right. And they have many Hollywood and music kind of hits that are associated with them too.
1: Oh, that, yeah, that's a pretty fun fact. In, uh, in 1971, a song from a Coca-Cola commercial called I'd Like to Teach the World to Sing, produced by Billy Davis, became a hit single and you know even in the the beatles song come together there's a lyric that says he shoot coca cola right mm-hmm. <laughs> david bowie george michael elton john and, and whitney houston they've all helped promote coca-cola in some way or fashion
0: and how do we get the nickname coke
1: oh yeah that shorthand it came in 1941. that year saw the first use of the nickname coke as an official trademark for the product The company even ran a series of advertisements informing consumers that Coke means Coca-Cola.
0: So finally, they, they say that the type of sugar in Coke has evolved and is different in various parts of the world.
1: Yeah, that's true. So basically what happened was that sugar prices, they kind of spiked in the 1970s because of hoarding and market manipulation in the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union actually was the largest producer of sugar at that time so that caused coca-cola to switch over to high fructose corn syrup in 1974 because of the elevated prices and that's still what used today but like you said in some places there are differences so mexican coke or mexico as some people call it is actually made from cane sugar instead of corn syrup and a lot of people say it tastes better uh, there are some Costco locations in the United States who actually additionally sell imported Coca-Cola from Mexico if you ever want to taste the difference for yourself.
0: Fascinating. Now we know all about Coca-Cola. Did you learn something new? If you did, send us an email. We are at ELI5thepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from you, especially when you've got suggestions for us. As always, thanks to the community at r slash explain five, and we will see you all next week.